he despised Mickey Mouse, especially his hands. I think he has three fingers. He could not handle the fact that the power uh, over multi-millions of human beings was in the hands of this three-fingered foolish creature that taught you nothing whatsoever, that expressed nothing real, total absurd fucking fantasy, not even good, not even creative. He was appalled by Mickey Mouse. And I said, well, what about Walt Disney? He, he was a crazy sort of a guy. He was eccentric. He was a genius. He was amazing. He was a visionary. He had all of these ideas. And he said, yeah, but for what? Uh, well, I said, to expand the uh, imaginations and fantasies of little children. Yeah, to this three-fingered son of a bitch who has no soul, for Christ's sake. Mickey Mouse doesn't have a fucking soul. Hello and welcome to Blood of Friendship 3.14x regarding podcast this is episode 16 this is the secret bonus episode this is the credits have rolled on episode 15 you've heard it all you think you know what's going on you think you've reached the closure of the series but no there's a little bit more opening new doors exposing you to new things uh it's me it's it's reed uh one one half of this podcast series i have uh astrid ran away uh she refused to do any more podcast <laughs> that's not that's not 100 percent true but it's closer than you may think um and uh i i wanted to do just one more thing here and so i think we talked about this on the last episode uh but but this is the case now i have the keyblade emperor herself <laughs> here is that the is that the title that's above keyblade master sure sure we'll go with it julie muncie julie how are you hi i'm all right i'm all right i'm alive i meant i meant to introduce you as well in case you don't know who julie is <laughs> i'm not good at, <laughs> i'm not good at hosting these in case you don't know who julie is uh julie has been on this podcast before as well as other bullet points podcasts as well as articles for bullet points monthly um julie is a freelance writer who you may have read at wired where she writes very often and other places as well but i have julie here because julie is a kingdom hearts apologist <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's not inaccurate. That's not wrong. Maybe that's the wrong foot to get off on. I call, <laughs> call you an apologist. This Maybe. is gonna be a warm, friendly podcast about agreeing on things, I'm sure. No, it is. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, uh, Julie, you like Kingdom Hearts. Yes, I do. Now... Over the course of, I'd say, about a year, I have felt many ways about Kingdom Hearts. And I think <laughs> I think about a week ago, I decided I, I do not like Kingdom Hearts. I think... After all this time. I think it, it took me... <laughs> I don't know how many hours. I almost... I don't want to think about it. But at least, you know, 15 plus hours of podcasting to come to the conclusion via Kingdom Hearts 3 via completing it watching the secret ending that I, I do not care for Kingdom Hearts anymore um, but you on the other hand enjoyed Kingdom Hearts 3 do you want to maybe just say a little something um, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes you wrote a review of Kingdom Hearts 3 that's very good yeah. at Waypoint mm -hmm. and uh, also a piece about sort of like coming to this one um, 
I'm going to butcher sort of explaining it, but kind of like coming home to Kingdom Hearts with Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, wired yeah. as well. But I don't know if you, <clears throat> if you just want to talk generally about what you thought of this game. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's difficult to express my opinion on Kingdom Hearts 3 because it's absolutely not, like, an unbiased opinion. Like, mm-hmm. I cannot really give a straightforward, critical approach to Kingdom Hearts because it's very intimate and personal to me. Um, but I, the, the best I think I can say about Kingdom Hearts 3 is that it is kind of an absolute mess of a game, but I still adored it. Um, I think it sort of desperately and clumsily tries to wrap up um, a a very complex and long story, and it does an okay job of that. Um, And it does that while also, I think, being very interested in the characters that I find most interesting and... um, like, I just really enjoyed playing it, and the combat felt nice, and, like, the tone and the plotting all resonated with me as someone who has grown to care about the tone and plotting of these sorts of games, and it works for me. But with that said, I don't know if, you know, I have no way of knowing whether or not it would be good to somebody else, because I'm too close to it. You're in too deep. Yes. <laughs> but I, I think you say that, but, you know, I've talked to you about these games before. Yeah. We, we talked on about which one's the 358 over 2 and yeah. recoded. Recoded, yeah. One of which that ended one. up being probably the most, like, affecting game in the series. Yeah, and the other one was coded. <laughs> yeah, and the other one is just, like, a, <laughs> a thing you can, you can look yeah. at. Yeah. Um, An incredibly strange thing that happened. Yeah, what a wild mess that one is. Yeah. Um, so you say that, but also I think, you know, in the Waypoint review, you do a good job of pointing out, you say something about <clears throat> how this is like a series that you can, you can like get so much out of, or it's something that you can just look at as kind of nonsense. Um, yeah. Which I think is interesting because I keep, like, we've done this whole thing of playing through all these games and, like, trying to kind of take them for what they are and to see, um, to be open-minded toward them. I think there are times in these games that they are actually, like, I can get glimpses of, I think, what makes them special. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, like, three kind of, I guess I should say right now, too, that We'll talk about everything about this game. So if you don't want to know the deep, dark secrets that are revealed to you in the final three hours all at once, then, uh-huh. then, then tune out now. Um, <laughs> but I was just going to say, like, three kind of, like, it, it almost felt like it made a, a fool out of me for, like, trying to find... <laughs> good things in it Uh uh-huh that may be a bit too harsh because it doesn't mean that the things that were um interesting or or affecting and stuff um throughout are are gone but this one to me it just felt so kind of like hollow and like going through the motions and and that it maybe wasn't as in command of its tone Mm -hmm. and its story as i thought it was Mm -hmm. so like what was it a about it that kind of like i know you're mentioning the tone as well and and saying that it wraps things up well or as as well as you would kind of expect for you know all these years and years and years of increasingly like twisty plot like what were the things about it that actually worked for you on those like i think that the story has for a long time been gearing up for the idea 
that um, all of these characters have gone through these really awful things, and that um, you know most of the runtime of of, King, of Kingdom Hearts is either Disney nonsense or really bad things happening to, to characters you're supposed to like, mm-hmm. and um, Kingdom Hearts three is sort of all about trying to and succeeding at undoing those bad things. It's about the idea that people can be reunited and things can be fixed and this world is a type of world where things can get better um and i really enjoyed that i think because i was so invested in those characters and because i found some of the tragedies and ambiguities in the older games so affecting that it meant a lot to me to see some of those pains get reversed and undone and um like kingdom hearts is the sort of story where you know i don't feel like there's necessarily a lot of room for a surprise and how it's going to end because i think like if it did anything other than um friendship saves the day then it would be betraying its own themes and interests and so Mm. there's not a a lot of room to i guess play with that and so for me it's the question of does it do this in a way that i found interesting and sweet and i think it did um but with that said it was also very messy and like it definitely definitely felt you could see the writers sweat and that's not always a good thing Mm -hmm. yeah it was i mean one thing to i want to talk to you more about those points but Uh i think that thing of saying like you can you could see the writers sweat it was kind of evident in this one in a way that it isn't in the other games where yeah and i don't i don't think this is bad necessarily where there were like sort of self-referential jokes or it seemed more it seemed more i think i talked to you about this too but it seems more aware of itself yeah it does um kind of like the silliness of some of it like there are more moments where characters are kind of like <laughs> seem i don't know donald and goofy always look kind of flummoxed by everything but right there's some stuff where you know people are talking disney characters and and donald and goofy are like (laughs) just like what the fuck's going on here (laughs) which is i think a fair reaction um so i think i think that's a, a good way to put it when you're saying that seeing these things end up kind of like in like in a positive way that all of these difficult things and like you know for a series that is kind of bloodless in a lot of ways a lot of like psychologically damaging things that happen to these characters over time right um the one thing that kind of hit for me was seeing at the end and it was one of the few things so like i wanted more of this kind of stuff i was like willing mm-hmm. to to see it get sappy and everything um but seeing like axel and uh Roxas and Shion, you know, mm-hmm. reunite on the tower and have their delicious yeah. ice cream. Yeah. And that, that sort of thing worked, but it just felt to me in a sense too, like, <clears throat> I guess one problem I had was everything felt like, like you start playing this thing and you're saying, okay, this is, this is it. This is the big climactic showdown. Mm-hmm. and i guess this is a constraint of kingdom hearts but it you get <clears throat> you get a sense of that at the beginning that okay here are the stakes they're high now as high as they're going to get and then it just kind of spins its wheels for about mm-hmm. 24 25 hours it really does yeah it does like did you th- as someone who like you've waited you know, you're one of the people who's waited a long time to see how this is going to shake out. Like, <laughs> did you just want to get that stuff over with? Like the, the 
Disney worlds and stuff. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, th- but it's like, that's a problem that Kingdom Hearts has had for its entire runtime that like mm-hmm. a lot of the Disney stuff that like you can't remove from the games without them becoming something totally different also feels like filler. And like, I think it's more aggravated here because I think um, Kingdom Hearts 3 works really hard to ape the structure of Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 mm-hmm. um, in a way that makes, I think in order to make it feel more accessible to players who didn't play any, play any of the side games. But I think because of that, um, it makes mistakes that some of the side games don't in how it balances like the lore versus, hey, I'm here with Elsa in Frozen World. Let's go hang out with the snowman. And it's like, what does this have to do with anything? Why am I here? She's why is she sing singing? Why go. is? Why did they pay to have Adina Menzel come and record these lines and sing "Let It Go"? Why did they make that choice? Why did Adina Menzel make that choice? Uh, I think, I think a paycheck may have had something to do with it. Yeah, but like, but like, yeah, it feels. Like discordant and it feels discordant in a way that some of the other games manage to find ways to to get around and i think this game doesn't work as hard to i i think because of the idea that oh this is what kingdom hearts supposed to be like yeah like i was i think i was missing a way to kind of thread the overarching story into that stuff yeah um like the way that sort of like the end of each world like some organization 13 person shows up and says a few lines and then right gone. and then and... there's like 10 minutes of cutscenes about things that are happening while you're running around disney worlds yeah and then you're like okay so something happened here but then by the time you get to it again it feels besides the point. Right. And I don't know if this is just me, but like I'd, I'd say three quarters of the way through, I forgot what like Sora was even trying to accomplish other than <laughs> like, I, I think someone like if it gets brought up in some cutscene, they're like, he has to find this power of waking. And I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, that's, right. Yeah. That's, what we that's why doing. we're here. That's why we're in hanging out with fucking virtual Johnny Depp and Kira Knightley. Oh God, yeah, that it's weird. It's weird, man. Yeah, um, but I don't know. See, like that kind of stuff. I think it it kind of threw it off for me. Where I I guess if you're into Kingdom Hearts, though, they're kind of in a bind where yeah, that is to a certain extent what Kingdom Hearts is. You know, mm-hmm. if if you went into Toy Story World and it was less about the little Toy Story story than it is about, you know, Organization 13 messing with you. Um, right. Then it would feel different as well. I don't know. Like, so for me, a lot of this stuff felt like, okay, here we are at the end of all of this. I mean, <laughs> I want to talk to you about this some more too, but this uh-huh. is, this is not the end at all. No, no, it's not. It's the end for me, I think, unfortunately. Fair. Uh, but I, it felt like all these problems like were kind of crystallized to me here, where mm. you're saying, you you know, there's been a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that you kind of wade through to to get to the parts that work, and then you're here, and th- this is sort of the chance to tie up a story and all of these problems that were problems before just became to me like kind of impossible to ignore and i felt like oh i've kind of misjudged what this series is Uh it's it's not it's not doing what i thought it was doing ever do you know what i mean by that a little bit yeah i don't hmm 
Hmm. I don't agree with you. I'm trying to figure out how I want to frame my disagreement. Um, I think... Um, because you probably would have been disappointed or would you okay because this this leads into all sorts of other questions too uh-huh. would you have been disappointed if you played this and it was like okay now you're in tangled tangled verse planet tangled and uh-huh. it's like 20 minutes of tangled stuff and you're not getting sort of like the disney story it's just sort of the disney characters are like props to what's going on uh-huh would you have I found mean, that disappointing or strange or um it would have been weird but like if that was in service of like a broader original kingdom hearts plot i would have been fine with that i think kingdom hearts knows though that there are a lot of people that wouldn't mm-hmm. i think also kingdom hearts is devote is very devoted to its own bullshit and i think part of that is the disney stuff and um, I think I think that Kingdom Hearts 3 is both very interesting, but also one of the most conservative Kingdom Hearts games. Because, like, I think that a lot of the better games are very interested in ambiguity and strangeness. Mm. And this game, I think because it sort of writes itself into a corner that way. It's very interested in conclusions and finality and wraps up so many of its main plots that the sort of ambiguities it's left with are not sort of the deeply resonant ones. They're the weird and silly ones. That's actually, I think, right on. (laughs) Like, like one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, I... I think when you go into like Kingdom Hearts 2 uh-huh. and it opens up and I think that was probably the most interested I was in the series, like going through it uh-huh. was, was when you boot that one up and you're just like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, right. I think it doesn't it have like before it's even Roxas, it has like computer screens and yep, all sorts of stuff going on. And like, yeah, you hadn't seen computers in Kingdom Hearts very much at this point no and and, yeah kingdom hearts 2 raises a lot of questions that it just doesn't even bother to answer Mm -hmm. and so like the next few games are about answering some of those questions while asking even more questions that they don't bother to answer and kingdom hearts 3 i think tries really hard not to do that and i think that is in some ways to its detriment I think Kingdom Hearts 3 is a strong Kingdom Hearts game that maybe betrays the fact that people making these don't necessarily know what's best about them. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's... But then again, you're right when you're saying that this is trying just to answer things, right? It's... I mean, until sort of the very end and then it's saying hey <laughs> hey here are some dangling plot threads this is obviously not the last game here yeah. are some weird things to think about for the next five years bye yeah <laughs> so like one thing is i wonder because in video games i think series can end nicely i think that's extremely <laughs> possible uh-huh um Julie, I don't know if you've ever heard of the show called Twin Peaks. It's. Uh, I think I have. I think <laughs> I have. But I, I think about like, so season two, I think actually the last episode of season two was good. And then. It was season, great. Yeah. Season three comes back and, um, you know, I was kind of like thinking, well, who knows? But then I was pretty into it as soon as I watched the first one. And yeah. I think the ending to that show is, um, just like is everything about that show like bundled up and it's like affirming in a way of Mm -hmm. things that you thought it was maybe about and screaming them to you and it's like emotional and it's like intellectually satisfying right um so i think about that a lot as like kind of like a blueprint of 
how you can end something and especially something that has you know mystery tied up in it um a show like lost i think that just like shit the bed at the end and didn't know what it was doing and i think about in games i think it's more common that we have kind of crappy endings like i don't know mass effect 3 i thought was fine but it yeah. was sort of like not very artful i think it was mm-hmm. it was i thought it was better than a lot of people gave it credit for but at the same uh-huh. time i think it was trying to tie things off just a little too neatly mm-hmm. um metal gear solid 4 i think was sort of patchy yeah <laughs> it was a mess so i wonder about like in kingdom hearts 3 mm-hmm. how much possibility there was ever going to be for this to be something that would like really kind of like give you more than just a, a warm feeling you know yeah i mean i don't know what I will say for Kingdom Hearts 3, and I think why I like it so much, even though it's, as I've said, an absolute mess, is I think it is an ending that absolutely emerges from Kingdom Hearts being itself. Um, it, it is an ending that feels in keeping with the way it tells its stories and sort of the tones and ideas that it's been interested in. Um, like one of the things I have written that is in print that I said about Kingdom Hearts 3 is that it's like if Metal Gear Solid 4 stuck the landing. And by mm-hmm. what, and what I mean by that is um, that it does a lot of the same bizarre things that Metal Gear Solid 4 does in terms of working really, really hard to connect a plot that doesn't feel like it wants to connect at all. But um, I think where it succeeds and why it sticks the landing is because it does so in a way that never betrays its own tone and never feels like it's not coming from itself. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I almost feel like Kingdom Hearts is as much a game series I, I'm fond of as much as like from a critical perspective it's like a friend that you hang out with and you know that they're not a perfect person and they do they have bizarre habits and sometimes they say things that are nonsense but you still really appreciate their company and like it when they hang out so like that's that's how I feel about it like the criticisms of it are separate from the core pleasure of the thing. And that, do you think it's like aesthetic, the core pleasure of it? Like, I know you're, you're talking about the tone is, is a huge part of, I think like the music and the voices yeah. and yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's aesthetic and it's conceptual. It's like, I enjoy the sort of narrative pieces and ideas it plays with, even if I'm not always as interested in the exact movements of the plot that that it comes up with. And I'm interested in the music, and I like the combat, and I like these characters interacting and bouncing off of each other. Mm-hmm. So here's something. Mm-hmm. And this was like kind of we were kind of talking about this already. Uh huh. If the boy himself, Nomura, uh-huh. said, "Here's Kingdom Hearts three point seven two, and it's uh, no no Disney. We're unshackled uh-huh. from Disney. This is just pure, unfiltered Kingdom Hearts, just uncut." Mm-hmm. What would you think about that? Would it still give you the like when you talk about? what that Kingdom Hearts feeling is. Would it still be uh-huh. there? Or would it um, feel... I think... Yeah, I would be in. Um, because I think at this point, the the Disney and Kingdom Hearts, so much as the, the Disney is important to Kingdom Hearts, I think it exists in sort of the tone and the themes more so than in, like, the worlds or characters. I mean, all of that stuff is... is literally 
in the games themselves, like, it's interchangeable, with the exception of, like, Mickey Mouse and Donald and Goofy. Mm-hmm. I think um, what uh, is very is very Disney about Kingdom Hearts is the way that it it takes up and embraces as part of its strange aesthetic um, the sort of overly simplistic themes and ideas of kids' movies and then brings them up into this strange Final Fantasy place. Mm-hmm. And like, as long as it still does that, then I don't care if there are Disney worlds or not, because like, I will still be interested in the way it tells stories. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it. I was thinking during Kingdom Hearts three at a certain point that the Disney stuff almost feels like training wheels or something, and yeah. it's like they don't need them anymore. Like they they use them right. to establish what this feeling is but you get the feeling pretty quickly now of of what these games are as soon as you hear sora doing uh-huh. his doing his thing you know smiling uh-huh. and and the music and the music goes a long long way too it's such good music yoko shimomura is a genius i have to say despite everything else if i've taken one thing away no i've taken many things away <laughs> but the music is like actually really good it, it is it kind of worked its way it worked on me over time and i think the um the song that plays before you hit start in this one mm-hmm. is the best that they've done yeah you know which one i'm talking about yes it's like an um, orchestral piece it, there's no vocals yeah um the song bubbles on the in each game it's it's a different <clears throat> variation on one theme called dearly beloved oh, okay. and, and yeah the, the the variation in kingdom hearts 3 is really really good like yoko shishomura she's done some final fantasy stuff and like secrets of mana and a bunch of other games and she's incredible yeah i think that stuff i think that stuff still works yeah i think that stuff can can uh move you toward some tear jerking if you uh if you want to let it if you have those kingdom hearts feelings right <laughs> it's worked up in those uh-huh <laughs> um so uh, this might be no there's something this is a brief aside and this is something uh-huh. i specifically wanted to ask you about. <laughs> uh-huh. I, was talking to, I was talking to astrid about this and neither of us had any answers the uh-huh fuck? What the fuck was Xehanort trying to do? Let's can we talk about this? <laughs> yes, okay. I understand um, what he was trying to do in the short term, but what the fuck? Like, why? You know, unless sure, he wanted. I think he kind of just wanted to see what would happen. Yeah. I I think there's a real serious case to be made that he just wanted to see what would happen if the Keyblade War happened again and what he wanted to know what Kingdom Hearts was like and he wanted to see he wanted to change the world so he did the weirdest thing possible to do that I don't know it's yeah it's not super clear but like his motive doesn't need to be interesting because the the bad guys beneath him have more interesting motives but yeah I don't know I'm not really sure like I was thinking about it more i've thought i've definitely wondered this before but i was thinking about it more in this one because they're so they're all so determined at the end yeah but i guess they're determined mostly to like get their buds back yeah right like more than anything i guess that's why it doesn't matter as much yeah and like what the good guys want is to keep the world as it is and like save their friends because they had to plan whatever it would do it would like kind of destroy the world and that sounds bad to the, to them so they're like no thank you so he's like he's like a violent accelerationist but the whole goal is just to just cause just to see yeah so far as i can tell yeah it would be like someone who wants to start world war three just because they're curious yeah what what things would look like 
<laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Maybe that is extremely evil, you know? Yeah. <laughs> to, to, like, have maybe. so little regard for life and... Or maybe part of it, too... Tell me if I'm wrong here. Uh-huh. But maybe part of it is, like, you know, indicting the idea that whatever your goal, whatever your pursuit is, if you're willing to kind of ride roughshod over the people around you to accomplish it, then you're bad. Yeah. Like, I think that's definitely there, yeah. Um, okay, that's fair. Because... You know, the thing at the end, he's, like, rehabilitated. That didn't yeah. do much for me. No. Especially because um, his new voice actor, who, by the way, is Rutger Hauer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> is bad. He's so bad. He's really bad at being Master Xehanort. Whereas Leonard Nimoy made the character really kind of delightful and compelling. Like, he was a really charismatic voice and Rutger Hauer just is not yeah that's I I have no idea what they were thinking with that like it was super weird I know that Kingdom Hearts loves stunt casting but I don't know why they didn't get someone who just could do a Laren Nimoy impression because that's what they did when when Christopher Lee died they got Corey Burton, a Disney voice actor who does a lot of stuff. He does mm. Yen Sid, and he can just do a Christopher Lee impression. And so it, there's, like, no friction. Um, Rucker Howard, oh my god. When I saw that in the credits, I lost my mind. Uh, well, what happened is in, or when he split into all these pieces, <laughs> the majority uh -huh. went to Holland. and Uh-huh. And of course. Grew up speaking Dutch and then had to relearn yes. English. And that's how you get Naturally. to it. It was just, I thought it was like kind of hilarious. Um, just in terms of like what a curveball it was. Yeah. From Los and, and how like I can just see, like Rutger Howard, he's one of those actors who, you know, he was in Blade Runner. And that's pretty much the yeah. only movie I can say he was in. Right. <laughs> but I can right. picture his face like immediately. Uh huh. But, but, but you, you know what you can't picture? His voice. You, you really can't. Well, and, I, and, played, I yeah. played Observer, so I was yes. ready for... Yeah, he was in that too. God. Sort of like oh. bewildered sounding middle-aged or older senior uh -huh. Rucker Hauer. <laughs> because it's really disappointing. Because... And Birth by Sleep, Master Xehanort, largely because of Leonard Nimoy's voice is a huge presence. And, like, mm -hmm. he feels threatening and entertaining and kind of funny. And Rutger Hauer, he's just half awake. And you only really see that character for, like, half an hour of the entire game. And it's like, I thought you were the big bad. What happened? Well, there's like something to it as well where you kind of know mm. he's going down, you know? Yeah. And it's like what you were saying, too, that the Organization 13 people he's in control of, or his, like, also his his other parts of him, yeah, are more compelling villains, mm -hmm. even just in the way that like they're, they carry themselves and everything, are more compelling right. than, you know, the old goblin man with his yes. pointed ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, did you, did you find that aspect of the story compelling? Like the, the Keyblade Graveyard showdown stuff? Oh yeah, that was my favorite part because I like these characters bouncing off each other and like, I enjoyed like Axel versus Syx and... And, like, Roxas and Xion coming back, that meant a lot to me, because those characters are, are really important to me. And, like, I just thought it, it's sort of kind of daring and outlandish in a game like this to just throw at you a 13-enemy boss rush of all the bad guys. Not only for this game, but every game. And you just fight all of them, and it takes, like, three hours and it's 
so much at once and like it was exhausting but it feels like okay this is an interesting dramatic choice is it the right choice i don't know but it's certainly an interesting one it almost felt to me like sort of like fan fiction Uh of itself i don't know if that's off base i mean i don't know Part of me feels like that you're always going to get that with these long-awaited conclusions, though, too. Like, the fan yeah. fiction feeling. Like, Metal Gear and, Solid 4 had it huge. Right. And I, I, and, I, and I also feel like, with Kingdom Hearts, the whole premise is fan fiction. I think Kingdom Hearts gets into being fan fiction of itself the moment it starts mm. talking about itself. So, like, I'm into the fanfic nonsense aspect of it yeah that's a good way like i wanted there to be a bit more room for those characters Mm -hmm. at the end um this is kind of still like going in with you know my problem with and and this kind of crystallizing some of my kingdom hearts problems in general where these big moments all have to be shoved in right at the end um but i don't know like it, it worked for you like Shion coming back and like all of those things and Roxas coming back like that did that felt enough I wish they had had more space but I think within the constraints of the larger story I understand why they didn't have more space and so yeah it worked for me I think it especially Shion and Roxas worked for me a lot more than like Aqua and Terra, because like the Aqua thing felt like it authentically did need more space than it got, just to go through the whole oh, she fell to the darkness oh wait, she's fine now like, that that's an arc that you know is coming, but that like I didn't expect to take literally half an hour and that's it, but um I think that's sequence of Roxas and Shion and Axel, like, it's short, but I think all the emotional beats are in the right place. And so, Mm. like, it worked for me. Yeah. Yeah, that was the the Aqua thing, actually, was that was one of the things, too, where it kind of (laughs) summed up a lot of my problems with this game, of something that seemed, like, there was so much lead up to it. Like, you know, she got a whole little you know, short, like, mini, excuse me, like, not a mini game, but a Uh miniature game about Uh her, her torment, her, her life in limbo. Um, Right. Which I think was, like, really interesting. And actually, I I linked that piece. I wrote something for AV Club about Kingdom Hearts 3 in in Uh Disney. And uh, I linked that piece you wrote about fragmentary passage where i think you do a really good job talking about why that's so compelling in the grand scope of kingdom hearts like that yeah it shows at this point you can have this character and this is the kind of stuff i like about this series Mm -hmm. and why i was maybe a bit more interested in three going off of fragmentary passage was the idea that you have these characters who are just like you know what's the thing like she's been walking for 10 years at the beginning yeah like it's it's just fucking sucks and it's like so cool that they're that they'll do something kind of so dark for what Mm -hmm. essentially is a kid's game yeah or was at one point um right and then to have it be okay they're going down to the realm of darkness and hashtag realm of darkness (laughs) (laughs) put on his instagram Mm -hmm. um that they like go down there and then it's just like also interesting right away that she's they're like oh you know was she p- gonna be possessed or something and she's just like no everyone fucking abandoned her and she's been down there forever thinking right. about how no one cares it wasn't um, that, that, that she was possessed she just fell into the darkness and got kind of like soaked in it and then thought about how much her life sucked and got really mad and yeah, like which is that's fair girl that's fair i hear you and like yeah i thought that was great it's weird 
because I expected like that scene to happen near the start of the game when they first went down there, and then you would have sort of evil Aqua l lurking over the story until she confronts Sora later in the game. Instead, they have all of that happen at once later in the game, so it doesn't hit very hard at all. Yeah, like, and and that's how a lot of these things that a lot of the things that kind of I felt like they could have worked better if they were expanded a bit more. Like the Aqua thing of here she is, here she is explaining what happened, which I think is resonant and interesting and more interesting than her. You know, if it was some magical reason of well, she spent so long that you know the the darkness just claimed her rather than it yeah. being sort of like her own psychology right and then it's just like he smacked her with a keyblade a bunch and then she was fine and that's yeah. and it's completely fine yeah it's, i don't know that part did really disappoint me she got short shrift but like i don't necessarily necessarily think roxas and shion did but aqua yeah 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 aqua was that was rough disappointing in general in this game considering she was like mm -hmm. i think one of the maybe the most interesting character yeah until now and i like, don't feel that way the like major protagonists of the games have been sort of framed to be sora riku and aqua and then aqua doesn't really get to do very much no as soon as she's like saved she's just part of the lineup whenever they're yeah. all there yeah um, so um the this is the last thing i want to talk to you about uh -huh. from your lofty position mm -hmm. of kingdom hearts fanatic not apologist fanatic <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh how did you feel about the way this game didn't end the way that it said kind of all right here we are all these things have happened um as soon as sora kind of ate it i don't know if he really did yeah he he may or may not be dead but he's probably not very dead he's like in a different place that's yeah not that's not destiny islands yeah um and then there are the two endings the first being the box mm -hmm. which <laughs> we still don't know what's in the box i think i we said on the no last idea. one it's, it's gwyneth paltrow's head it's, in the <laughs> box. it's gonna be they're work, they're still working on getting the rights to what if fincherverse <laughs> my really dumb theory right now is that it's sora <laughs> that it sora like a, is now in the box a little baby sora uh-huh and so it's like bending space and time. He's always. What if he's like the positive beating heart of reality? Yeah. Just like dumb optimism. Uh huh. Charging ahead. But yeah. <laughs> um. To get to your question, what do I think of that ending and the secret ending, which appears to feature Sora and Riku, um, in Shibuya, Japan, possibly. The same Shibuya from um, Square Enix's other RPG, The World Ends With You. And also featuring Yozora, who is the protagonist of the fictional Final Fantasy parody in the Toy Story world. And <laughs> it's incredibly funny. It's like... it, was, it made me angry, but I was also like, it's funny. Yeah. But I was also just like, oh, fuck this. Like, I don't want to influence your thoughts. I want to hear what uh -huh. you think as, because I was very, Aster and I, I think we're very much on the same page of fuck this when when those secret endings happened. But what, I... what did you think as someone who's been aboard this train? I mean, this train has already gone to a lot of places that, um, when you heard they were going there, sounded really stupid. Um, so at this point, I just kind of let it go where it wants to go. And so my only reaction was just, I was bemused and I thought it was authentically very funny. And, um, 
that's all I, I really think about it. I th yeah, I think it's funny. And I think, um, I don't know where this game games are going, and I'm willing to follow them to whatever stupid place they go. So for you, is it, is Kingdom Hearts more like, I don't know, say like a comic book series or something? Like, you're happy for it just to just keep keep going as long as it wants to go? I mean, sure, yeah. Like, I'm not heavily invested in the story concluding in any way, especially because the more interesting parts of the stories have been when they don't conclude in a satisfying way. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, I'm happy for them to to do whatever nonsense they want to do. See, I think this may be the another point for why I I didn't like this game and it mm. and it worked for you is I think fundamentally I want stories to end. Um Yeah. At least like in in sort of like the authored concrete way of just mm -hmm. saying, you know, here here's the vision of where we were going. I'd like to I like the sense of a story knowing where it's going, which that's fair. It's maybe I, not something you're ever going to get from Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I I'm less attached to that sort of thing than I used to be. Mm. I don't know why, but it's like it's fine. It can keep going. At the same time, though, too, and I don't want to keep referencing Metal Gear in comparison to all of this, but mm -hmm. it's useful because I also know that you've played yourself some middle gear oh yeah but like i think those games could have ended at two. Oh yeah fourth. of course and then three they could have ended there and it would have been fine and then four was just like no i don't need this there's mm -hmm. some interesting ideas that i think were squandered and as it's continued to go i've just felt like less and less i just cared less <laughs> every time um so you know, the idea of it ending on two, I thought was interesting or three mm -hmm. and saying, Look, yeah, there's all these other things and you don't need to know what happens. That's not what this is even about. Right. Um, so in theory, I'm fine with that, but there's something about the kingdom hearts thing where I just feel like, I don't know, but then maybe the best moments along the way have been stuff like fucking Zigbar saying I'm half Xehanort at the end of dream drop distance. <laughs> And just that was like, the best. And just that was like, so dumb. What the fuck does that even mean? And then it's just like, nah. uh -huh. yeah. And no, it's fine. S stuff like that is maybe, I don't know. And like the end of three hundred fifty-eight over two, mm. where it's just like this very sad, well, maybe more like melancholy kind of thing. Yeah, I'm fine with that stuff. I just, I don't know. I'm not. I don't want you to convince me, Julie, and I'm not trying to convince you. Uh -huh. <laughs> I just find it really interesting to play this and to have gone through it with <clears throat> to go, gone through it with Astrid and neither of us I think are exactly on this thing's wavelength. Yeah. But I've been trying to figure That's it fair. out. I don't know if I'd be on its wavelength if I hadn't started playing these games when I was eleven, you know. Mm hmm I think about that. But I also think you're sharp, Julie. You're not gonna give something a pass because it's Yeah. I don't know. Like, would you let... What, what's something else comparable to this for you, do you think? Um, if I don't is? know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Hmm. Yeah, I... Yeah. I guess, like, some people have these kind of feelings about, like, Zelda, where it's like... Yeah. But I think that's also... There's a bizarre thing where people are... Like, if Link showed up and... I don't know. Showed up and... Nazi outfit, people would be like, "How how bold of these games?" <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like, it, it, it's like to... those games do get praised no matter what they do. It it doesn't matter. Yeah, and then and then in a few years, people will decide that certain ones are bad and certain ones are good. But like, but like what right right when it's new it's like oh this is perfect and kingdom hearts has never gotten that kind of pass <laughs> no. Uh, no kingdom hearts is a weird yeah is a weird um 
cultural object. It's a weird yes. thing. And I think it gets a lot of like blind praise and blind condemnation. And I think mm-hmm. neither are quite right. Yeah. Which is why I That's fair. You know, value your opinion on these things because Thank you. I don't think your praise is blind. I think it's it's rationalized. If yeah. you do a good job, you know, in all the pieces that I've read from you about this series explaining why and sort of like crystallizing uh, a lot of the things that I like about it too. Yeah. But here at the end, I think this is it for me. Mm-hmm. You, you will be left in the Keyblade graveyard one more lifeless key. That's right. I feel like this series, I've been wandering through the realm of darkness and the realm of darkness is me playing all of these games. Yeah, for and like at the a, end, a I'm year. Possessed. You you spent a year of your life trying to figure out whether you like these things, and at the end, you're like, no, actually. I do that with a lot of things, <laughs> and I try not to do it too much. And I don't think I should do it again with like <laughs> long RPGs. No, it seems like a bad idea. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think I've. Maybe that's part of it, too. I try not to let it be part of it, Kingdom Hearts 3, of being, like, have it, have, like, my larger feelings about the time I've spent playing these games. <laughs> I, I don't regret it. I, I find this it's stuff fair. interesting. I think, I, I don't know, it's probably, I imagine you have similar thoughts about, like, writing about pop culture. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like you want to understand what these things are that, that make people so interested in them and... Because mm-hmm. I don't and think it, any of this stuff happens by accident That things hit the way no. they do Or resonate with so many people Yeah, absolutely And then sometimes you look into something And then you're like, oh, I still do not get it Yeah that, Yeah <laughs> Kingdom Hearts, everybody I just wanted to spend a year of my life playing all of these So that if I make some lazy fucking Kingdom Hearts joke on Twitter uh-huh. Someone can't be like Try playing them first. Right, and you'll you'll be like, I have recorded 20 hours of podcasts about them. I've done my homework on these goddamn games. If I want to make fun of them, let me. (laughs) Right, you have earned the right, after all this time, to make fun of Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) Um, I think that's about... Is there anything else about this game? I feel like there's more things I wanted to ask you, but I don't know. They'll come Um, to me over time. Yeah, well, if you think of enough, we'll have a secret, secret ending. Oh, God. Yeah, you have to to download a patch for SoundCloud, and then it unlocks it. You have to find 90... (laughs) You have to find 90 uh, times... 90 articles written about Kingdom Hearts uh, Mm. by Julie. (laughs) And then you unlock it. (laughs) You have a ways to go. Yep. Yeah, we all do. Okay, I okay. think yes, we did. Yeah, I think that's it. So, uh, I guess I'll say as well. This is obviously it's a free one that we're putting up here, but this podcast series we've been doing it. Um, uh, my co-host Astrid, who usually hosts these, has been doing this, and uh, we've been doing it for a year. Or a year plus, which is a long time. And uh, those are at our Patreon for Bullet Points Monthly. And they're available to people who uh, support the site and the podcast and everything for $5 or more a month. Um, which is awesome if you can do that. Um, it's, uh, it's not money to, to make podcasts. It's money to fund the writing of the site and commissioning freelancers and editing and everything, which takes a lot of time. Um, so if you're interested in listening to those or, uh, we also do another show on there that the industry minute you can look up. It's stupid too. Um, you can get on those. It's great. Thank you. Uh, you can, Mm. you can get on there and, and do that. Um, and if not, and you've listened to this and uh, you don't have the spare dough, if you can retweet and stuff, that's cool. That helps a lot, just spreading spreading the good word. Um, and that's it. That's that's Kingdom Hearts. 
That's yeah. Do more Kingdom Hearts, but I will not be there for. <laughs> I'm. The... You'll have to listen to Julie. Julie, do you just want this podcast? We can just give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, if I ever want to start a Kingdom Hearts podcast, I'll let you okay. know. Or you could just re-record every episode. Actually, that would be a very Kingdom Hearts thing to do. You can do the final mix of every episode. (laughs) (laughs) Regarding regarding podcast, final mix, Julie underscore, I don't know, 2.8. Julie, (laughs) where can people find you on the internet? Um... They can find my work at Wired and io9 on the weekends. Um, you can find me on Twitter at JulieMuncie23. Um, and yeah, that's I'm about it. I'm going to throw links in the uh, show notes. So if you're listening, just look look downward from where, from where this is playing. If you're on the <laughs> if you're on the site for it, um, with Julie's Waypoint review, which is really good, and uh, that Wired Thank piece you. I mentioned. Um, you should just search Julie Monty Kingdom Hearts and read what you can find because yeah yeah that's fair um, that's the thing to do I think so that's it (laughs) yeah I'm disintegrating into the air as I'm saying this there are CG tears rolling down my (laughs) plastic looking cheeks I my spiky hair is fading thank you so much for coming on thank you reed thank you a gorge a gorge you're in the field with this three-fingered foolish creature